0: you <laughs> Talk 1041. My name is Nick Reed. We are broadcasting live from none other than Scramblers this morning. Uh, we'll chat with Tom Martz. He is with us. You're going to be at the our private showing of the burbs tomorrow, aren't you? I am. Right? Okay. Be there. Excellent. Very good. We've got a, a at least one pair of. Apparently, that check that I sent you in the mail paid off. You know what? I don't know yet, but if it bounces, that's more on you than me. And so <laughs> uh, either way, I win. Uh, have, have you been to Alamo? Do you watch Did I ask you this already? I've never seen the burbs ever. Okay,
1: so yeah, uh, I but hope We have been to Alamo. My wife
0: loves their cauliflower crusted pizza. Oh, you know I have never ever had a cauliflower crusted pizza, but they maybe are, I'll act, do that tomorrow. They are really good. Maybe I will do that tomorrow because one of the things I tell people about Alamo Drafthouse and is that their food it to me anyhow. It's it's, a, it's above movie theater food level. It's restaurant-level right. food, good restaurant-level food. And I, uh, some people I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I haven't ordered food because it looked kind of expensive, and I didn't want to pay that for mo- food in a movie theater. And I've told her, I said, it's not like food that you normally would think of getting at a movie theater. It's not like a microwave pizza or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not equivalent to Retro Metro, but it is a well, lot better oh, than... Oh, yeah, them.
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it's really, really good. Uh, and then, of course, they have all sorts of drinks and everything. But um, So if you did not win tickets to the showing of the Burbs, which I hope I haven't oversold. It's one of my personal favorites, and you haven't seen it. But uh, you can come to uh, Retro Metro tonight. For our happy hour and get registered for that. Let's go ahead and check in, get the latest news update.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna, a Springfield carjacker who told a woman he let her live because he liked her dog, but guilty on Thursday. Donnie Finnegan is charged with vehicle hijacking and armed criminal action after stealing a woman's car at gunpoint outside of Walgreens in 2022. Finnegan ordered the victim to give him her keys and took her wallet as she managed to get her dog out of the car. He told the woman, quote, because I like dogs, I'm going to let you live, then got into her vehicle and drove off. He later abandoned the car and was uh, captured by police. Three people have been charged in connection with Wednesday's home invasion in Nixa. Benjamin Dixon, Angela Furtado, and Donald Condrier are charged with burglary, kidnapping, and assault after police say they stole from the victim's vehicle, forced their way into the home, and assaulted one of the two people inside. That victim later told officers the three suspects said they were running from the police and needed a place to hide. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna.
0: Uh, all right, thank you. Uh, and this may be in the traffic. I think it's. I don't know how long ago it happened, but um, there was an accident. We said 6544 traffic all backed up to. All right, so east of 65 traffic backed up to the new buckies which isn't open yet, is it? Is it open? What did he say? What did Paul say? He just said he just drove past. Oh, he drove past and okay. That Bucky's, when does that open? I've not ever I been to a Bucky's. I think it opens
1: in December, if I'm not mistaken. I have not ever been to a Bucky's. I've passed many a Bucky's. And from my understanding, if you ever go out to the place in Phillipsburg, like you're heading to Lebanon, right? the place uh-huh. that has all the flavored sodas and uh-huh. all the. Bucky's is similar to
0: that, but much larger. Okay. Well, I know it has a culture. It's a culture. Uh, people. Who, well, I'm sure there's some that are indifferent to it, but people that uh, stop at them, go, yeah, they love them.
1: Supposedly they have really good food there, oh, too. Nice. So
0: I guess they got a restaurant
1: or they got okay. it's not for semis, which basically will piss a lot of people off who drive truck because the place looks large enough to actually be a travel plaza or a short sure, stop. Sure, sure. So as you're driving down the highway, you got okay. I'm tired. I'll just pull off here, and they're going to go. No, 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 no. We don't want you in our parking I did tonight. not know that. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. But they got fifty or a hundred gas I pumps. Think over
0: a hundred, I think so. Yeah, it's unbelievable. They got I diesel. Have, they got gas. They got def. They got everything that you need. We've we I actually have some Bucky's cupware and a, a chair because of family that have lived in the area of Bucky's. So I actually own Bucky. <laughs> well, yeah, but I've
1: never been to one. They'll soon have to change the billboard out there on I-44. It says Bucky's Crossville, Tennessee, oh, right. two yeah, yeah. miles. Uh, so now they'll have to change that to
0: Bucky's 3.2 miles. That's right. Get off at Beaver Road. Up next. Uh, well, and I should note, when I say Bucky's Furniture, it's one of those lawn chair deals. I don't have a couch. I like the mascot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Me too. Occasionally, I have one of those little fellows out in my front yard, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's a (laughs) pre-promoting that they're doing. They release those Maybe I should catch him and take him down there and say, here, there's a live mascot. Tom Hart's with us. Uh, Let's go ahead and get to that traffic, and then we'll keep things running from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. Sarah Myers, everyone. Thank
2: you. Well, the weather this weekend, it looks like it's going to be really nice and if you are going to be checking off some of those fall maintenance things around your home it's also a good time to go ahead and clean out those gutters and the reason I mention that is whenever you get up there if you notice any issues with your gutters or maybe some dings and dents that you want to get looked at I recommend my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now Josh and his team uh, they're going to do just a phenomenal job for you. They'll come out they'll do a free roof inspection for you they'll get up on your roof and take tons of photos to and videos and I appreciate that because that shows you exactly what is going on with your roof and then they will work out a plan uh, with you. Maybe you are in a situation where you don't need a whole new roof. Maybe you just need a roof repair or even um, some updates to your or your gutters uh the pyramid roofing company they're going to shoot you straight they're going to be honest with you and if it is time to go ahead and do that whole new roof uh the pyramid roofing company they have got you covered now you can find all of the contact information for josh and his team all of that is going to be housed under the sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com
0: and tom arts with
1: us fact of the day the word today was generally written as two words until the sixteenth century, then it became two hyphen day until the early twentieth century when it became today, day as in T O D A Y. Well, I'll be how about that?
0: That is something I did not know. Today I do
1: Today's special holiday is National Sandwich oh. Day in 1762 the earl of sandwich asked his cooks to put some food between two slices of bread and lo the sandwich was born so in honor of this great man make a sandwich today don't just make any sandwich though make the best sandwich you can imagine so mm, what is your favorite sandwich Mm. Uh, Well, I could tell you the my favorite... Not favorite sandwich joint, but your actual
0: favorite sandwich. My favorite sandwich that I've ever had, which is no... Now, I I, I will specify a joint because this is where I had it. It was customized, I guess you would say. And it was at uh, Civil Kitchen and Tap off the Square. This was after they, they had not been open that long at all. And it was a something ragoon sandwich. I forget exactly what it was called. It was the best sandwich I had ever had. What was on it? Um, I'll have to look it back up. I've been asked this question like, I don't remember. And I don't. Um, But I did find, uh, I found, I've got it in my photos. I found online somewhere where at one point someone had taken a picture of the menu description or something. Because I... It, it hasn't been on the menu for years. At one point, I Facebook messaged them <laughs> asking, it, can I at least have the recipe? They never responded. And then one of our AEs had a meeting over there with the owner one day, and I said, please ask about that because I, I, it was the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. It was so good. And then that meeting got canceled, and so I'm just driftless at sea when it comes to the best sandwich I've ever had. Um, I. That being said, The only sandwiches that I will really feel comfortable buying at a restaurant is one that I cannot make at home, if that makes sense. It's, It's hard for me to spend money on a club sandwich or a ham sandwich or these sorts of things when I can easily do that at home. But if it's a sandwich that has been developed by a chef or something and it's got ingredient and there's a lot of time that goes into it, something that I would not do at home or maybe don't have on hand the ingredients, that I don't mind getting. Um, well, and chicken salads. I love chicken salad. Chicken. Sa- I-, I guess if I were asked, okay, your overall favorite category, it's chicken salad sandwiches. I love that. I do love egg salad, too, but that's a very difficult thing to find. Nearly Famous has one. I'm sure there are a couple of other places that have them. See, since Clary is a chef, I wonder what his favorite sandwich would Ooh, be.
1: Ooh, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. See, mine is... Peanut butter, butter, honey, marshmallow
0: cream, and sliced bananas. Do you have a name for that? No. Okay. Delicious. Sarah says it's not a sandwich, it's a dessert.
1: Well, yeah, kind of, sort of, but. Well, growing up in Pennsylvania, we had, like here, you have what are called sub shops. Right? Back in Pennsylvania, you had hoagie Hoagie? shops. And I think the difference is between the two. In a hoagie shop, they would put like a vinaigrette type mm. dressing on the sandwich itself. Okay, I like that. So that would allow it to soak into the bread a little bit, and mm-hmm. they didn't overdo it to make the bread soggy. But they put enough like vinaigrette onto the sandwich to allow it to soak into the bread, soak into the lettuce and the meat. Here out here, and every place I've had a sub, they don't do that. So it's almost like that you have to request, hey, can I have some little packets of yeah. vinaigrette dressing to put I on? Do, it? I but do that, like that. That was a huge difference. Yeah. So make a sandwich today in honor of National Sandwich Day. The quote on this page is from 1888. One must be a god to be able to tell successes from failures without making a mistake. Okay, that is Anton Chekhov. He is a Russian playwright. Today's death of notoriety is Annie Oakley. Ah, Annie Oakley. She was born August thirteenth of eighteen sixty. She died on this day in nineteen twenty-six at the age of sixty-six in Greenville, Ohio.
0: Wonder what kind of girlfriend she would have made. Not one to screw around on, I can tell you that. Probably not one to ask to make you a sandwich either. No, I don't think
1: you'd be asking her for a sandwich either. (laughs) Today's birthday a date. Kendall Jenner, Uh, 1995. Okay. And Colin Kaepernick, 1987. They consider him, uh, I like this. He's not a former NFL Mm -hmm. quarterback, nor a former NFL Super Bowl quarterback, he's an American activist. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's how you fall from grace. Yeah. In 1896, Martha Hughes Cannon of Utah became the first elected female state senator in the United States, 1896. In 1906, the International Radio Telegraph Conference in Berlin selected SOS, which is dot, 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 hyphen, 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 dot, dot, dot as the global standard for radio distress calls. In 1957, the Soviet Union sent a dog into space aboard the spacecraft Sputnik 2. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and one of the... We missed it by a couple days. However, the inaugural opening of U.S. Highway 30 between new york and oregon was christened on halloween back in the early 1900s a road which according to this documentary which was created by bicyclists and horses Hmm. okay and at the time it was the only highway that ran from coast to coast and what I found interesting—I know we've probably had to go to a break—but is how it got its formation in Wyoming, of which we'll discuss when we come back from that break. Live <laughs> from Scramblers, I am Nick Reed, along with Tom Mark. Shoulder, the most important part of the show, and that's the actual quote of the day. Oh, okay. So, what was that previous quote? That was on the uh, the facts and events. Page of what okay. happened today. Got it. The actual quote of the day, and I've got two of them because one of them's really interesting. It takes an endless amount of history to make even a little tradition. That's by Henry James. Okay. The one that I found quite interesting is by George Bernard Shaw. A life spent making mistakes is not only more honorable, but more useful than a life spent doing nothing. If you learn from the mistakes. <laughs> yeah, We I guess we have a bunch of people who don't learn from their mistakes. Yeah, so, yeah. But U.S. Highway 30, this uh, documentary I was reading, they had the, once it got to Wyoming, it went through Laramie. If you've ever been through Wyoming, you have, have the, uh, there's a truck stop, travel plaza there, known as Little America. Little America got its start back in the early 20s as a travel stop on u.s highway 30 the what we now consider motor lodges like back on u.s highway 66 mm-hmm. where you parked in front of your room they actually also got their start on u.s highway 30 they were so sophisticated back then that they had the availability of not only did you rent the room that you were in but they had a garage attached to it so you could pull your car into the garage oh my! so you had a a living quarter, a garage, a living quarter, a garage, a living quarter, a garage. So you pulled your car in the garage and you spent the night in the, the lodge. Mm-hmm. When it was going through Wyoming, there was two different locations. Of course, you had Elk Mountain and you had Medicine Bow. Medicine Bow was already up and running with a huge, like, six-story hotel from the guy who developed the town. He was fearful that U.S. Highway 30 was going to run through Elk Mountain because there was another individual who had a t- hotel there, okay. and it was a developing town too. So what the, the, the townspeople of, of uh, Medici- or Medicine Bow did is they went out with little highway signs because it was known as the Lincoln Highway, named after Abe. So they went out with markers the whole way from the pre, the town that before you get to where it branches off, and they put signage along the road to make sure that people headed to Medicine Bow. <laughs> oh. And and then there was there was a, there was a commission that was created for U.S. Highway 30. So basically, since people were already going that way, they just determined that okay, U.S. Highway 30 is going to go through Medicine Bow. U.S. Highway 30 is also the highway that Dwight Eisenhower used to go from coast to coast to figure out, well, we need a better highway system. We need something like the Audubon, which was the creation of the interstate highway system. The interstate highway system does not go through Medicine Bow. It goes through Elk Mountain. Mm. (laughs) So the, uh, the guy in Medicine Bow, who was also part of this commission to get... the the highway opened up from coast to coast was his own undoing because Eisenhower said, okay, no, we'll go this way because it's more effective, it's easier, it's faster than going up through Medicine Bow. So basically the town of Medicine Bow, if you go up there, is probably about 75% deserted. Hmm. But all the old buildings, the old travel lodges and those types of things are still there. They're just boarded
0: up and pretty much non existent. Years ago when I I rode the top level of amtrak from milwaukee to well to chicago then chicago to st louis and a lot of that goes along the old route 66 and you see a lot of those old um motels and that are abandoned because once 44 was built and a lot of those little towns died off but if you're on the lower level depending on the time of the season uh, you, you don't see all of that because there's on either side of you corn or whatever, you know, that's uh, that's all grown up. But on that top level, you can see it all, and it's neat, but then it's kind of sad, I guess, at the same time. Well, see, you can do the same thing if you're going across I-80 in Wyoming. You can
1: look off to the north or you can look off to the south, and you can still see parts of the original Highway 30 that they've incorporated I-80 into it Mm -hmm. so basically you you look out in the field you'll see pavement over there and you think what is that over there well it's old highway 30 and then eventually when you go down the road a few miles well highway 30 was basically torn up and, and interstate 80 was created there
0: it is amazing to me how and and we don't even if we know it we don't really get a feel for it how historic route 66 is tremendously more so for people who do not live in the United States than who live in the United States. I mean, how many people, we've got the, what, the Route 66 little museum or Mm -hmm. whatever here. Most people in Springfield probably couldn't even tell you where it is. Um, But whenever I hosted some of the friends I made 11 years ago in Ukraine and when they came here, that was one of the things that, well, can we see Route 66? That, that, and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry. Uh, we'll get to it. And they would constantly. When do we get to see Route sixty six? And I follow. Um, I think you've been out to Red Oak too, having you yes. outside of of Carthage. And I found that riding my bike. Oh, did you? Okay. I never even knew it existed. Yeah. Although you see
1: that sign on Highway ninety six. Uh-huh you think what is that yeah. red oak it's the name of a town yeah but no i was out riding my bike one day and i went what the heck is all this yeah. so
0: lowell davis who put that town there i went to uh high school with i was in the same year as his son his daughter ren she was a couple years under me but um I, so i i follow red oak too and he lowell actually passed away gosh i guess it was around a year ago or so and so many of the pictures that are posted of people from other countries mostly european countries that stop by that they'll take pictures and oh here are our new friends from italy or greece or wherever and most of them are here because they wanted to drive route 66 kind of, all the way to the united states to do that that's remarkable to me how many people do that from there there the world. is
1: a if you go out to lebanon there's the munger moss motel yes. which is right on highway 66 mm-hmm. and of course you got the two places right across the street from it the old grocery store and the old uh, ice cream parlor. Mm-hmm. I forget what their names are, but they're original too. Yeah. Uh, the Munger Moss actually has a guest registry book that you can sign in. And I, had, I ended up spending the evening one night in there. And when you go through the book, I was amazed at how many people had traveled, like from Australia, oh, yeah. Great yeah. Britain, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm and the, the reason that they put is uh, they just wanted to travel highway
0: 66. I know. That's just that's crazy to me how I guess little we recognize or appreciate it versus people that will come from all over the world. Just, well, to, US just highway, to drive it.
1: US Highway 30 is the same way because a lot of it goes through Amish country. Yeah. And I grew up in a town that was right on US Highway 30. So we always known it had known it as the Lincoln Highway. And it was the first coast to coast highway system. Part of it goes up the old Oregon Trail. Like when it goes through Nebraska, mm-hmm. it goes up the old Oregon Trail up into Oregon. And then when you get back into Pennsylvania, it originally started like somewhere in New York. And then they've kind of, through the years, they keep diverting it, moving it, and back and forth. You know, we we don't ever leave anything alone. Right. So it ju- it just keeps getting diverted in different locations. But this documentary was talking about every year they have a uh, a, a rally type event where people get out their old cars and they basically drive as far as they can for, on the original and right. the new US 30 coast to coast and they try to stay at as many of the old facilities that are still open. Right, the
0: original. And to keep them open. Tom Arts with us live from Scramblers this morning, a traffic update. I'm Nick Reed. I'm still looking for that sandwich. Uh, In my photos. First alert forecast: uh, sunny 65 today, 65 tomorrow, mostly sunny Sunday with a high of 70. Tom Marts with us.
1: Operators and promoters
0: of outdoor
1: recreation companies said at a U.S. Senate hearing that small tourist businesses like theirs are a critical part of the rural U.S. economy facing multiple challenges. Now, in this day and age, I have come to discover that if you suffer any type of a setback or tourism declines, Mm -hmm. your first course of business is to go to the government and say, hey, you guys need to do something for us (laughs) because we are lacking in the manner of being able to provide for the people who come through here. Their one of their main complaints is that if the government shuts down, it impacts their business. Okay. They are let's see here. The outdoor recreation economy is one of the fastest growing sectors generating 862 billion in total economic output last year. How they figure that I have no idea. They also talk about how outdoor economy is outpacing the rest of the American economy. So if that is factually accurate, where's the problem? If you own an outdoor recreational area, let's say you own uh, whatever that float place is, well, even Camp Tomahawk. Okay. So you've got uh, Lester's down there, and his, his economy is booming. Well, all of a sudden the economy takes a a nosedive. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I know this isn't Lester, but if his first thought process, if he belongs to any of these organizations, is to go to the government to say that you need to help us, then why are you in business? I mean, I've never, even the ARPA funds, I noticed there's some people on that list that Greene County announced that they <laughs> handed out some of those funds, and I found some of the names that were on it quite interesting. But I've never gone to the government to ask them for help. If if I suffer, that that's on me. If, if the government is doing something to the economy, which it makes it more difficult for my business to succeed... I need to do something to benefit my business without, no matter what the government does, I look at it as it's it's on me to make it so that my business thrives. For some reason, you get into these organizations, you get into these commissions, you get into these like yeah. chamber of commerces, not to mention them specific, but that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. And all of a sudden, your ideology is, okay, we'll we'll have our lobbyists go to D.C. It's a safety net. <laughs> we have a safety net for freaking everything nowadays. It's unbelievable. Because they have what is called the Outdoor Recreational Roundtable. It advocates for America's Outdoor Recreation Act. The legislation aims to increase... And improve outdoor recreational opportunities across the nation while improving infrastructure and driving economic growth in rural communities, according to a committee press release. Now, if I lived in one of these rural communities, I would have been up in arms when they were putting the interstate highway system through. Going, wait a minute, you're completely eliminating the old U.S. highway that used to come through here. One of the benefits of pedaling I have determined throughout this country that the states that I get into, it seems like when they do a road, they improve it or they relocate it, they'll tear up the old road, which basically then if there's businesses back there, they destroy them. Or if they, the bypass, the classic example is Lake of the Ozarks. I remember when the people at Lake of the Ozarks were fighting that bypass, Because they said, what's it going to do? It's going to take traffic around us, and it's going to have a huge impact on, I don't remember them going to the government for help. I do remember a whole bunch of billboards being put up on the main highway advertising some of the local businesses on the business route. And granted, at first, some of those businesses closed because they weren't financially allocated enough to be able to handle The traffic diversion. But government does, in reality, every time you create a bypass, you create an issue where you're bypassing a lot of the... Well, sure. Downtown Springfield is a classic Mm -hmm. example. You had West Bypass and basically James River. I've looked at some of the old photos of Springfield. That was considered the bypass around Springfield. So what were you doing? You were bypassing the downtown area. And unless you actually had a reason to go downtown... Then you didn't go. And then what ends up happening is other business people go, you know, if we locate down there on that bypass where all the traffic's at, Battlefield Mall, we'll be in an area where people will travel to us because we're not as congested as the downtown area.
0: Location, location, location until it isn't, until they they move the road. (laughs) Tom Art's with us this morning here. We're broadcasting live uh, from Scramblers, it's the Friday Road Show, and today we do have Happy Hour at Retro Metro from four to six. We'd love for you to come out, especially those of you signed up for the Great Escape. This will be our first uh, Happy Hour post the most recent. Cam will be stopping by. She's got. Uh, uh, she had texted me. She's got another event that she's got to go to, but she's wanting to stop by and say hey, and then drop off some information. Uh, about uh, catamaran um, uh, excursion, which we try to do annually. So that is something that we should have some information on. And then you can also get your registration and last chance to win tickets to our private showing of the Burbs at Alamo Draft House tomorrow. All of these things will be uh, uh, at Retro Metro from 4 to 6 tonight. Or this afternoon, I should say. So we'd love for you to swing by. That is just down the road, Republic Road in Cox, if you're not familiar with where it is. Great place for dinner, great place for lunch. In fact, that's where we have our lunch bunch every uh, every Wednesday. And you can sign up for that at ksgf.com. More in moments. I'm Nick Reed. You know, in the 10, 11... I just don't moment. believe you can do that. Yes, you can. I, you I, can, I can type in sandwich, and it's going to show me in my photos everything that has a sandwich in it.
2: Yeah, so you know this little search thing? No, I know
0: what the search thing is.
2: Why did you get so sassy? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, because
0: I, I just don't... don't be- if I find it for you. No, I don't. Instead of
1: looking for So if it's not labeled a- as a sandwich, it will know it's a sandwich based by the picture...
0: I have a picture of a conehead in my photos. I have so many photos that are useless. Oh, I didn't see it. All right, conehead
1: as in from, like, Saturday Night Live yes. skit?
0: Yeah. See? Oh, look. I cancel. This is riveting radio here. See right there. Yeah, you do have a conehead. That's because I actually, I think I saved it at one point as my dad's or my brother's Profile, so when they called, that's Could what pumped up. you imagine
1: Joe Biden being the cone head? Or Donald Trump with the toupee
0: on the top? Tr- <laughs> <laughs> have, that, have that whoosh <laughs> on a cone? That sounds it, it, real. That's why he has to wish it that way.
1: Hey, about two, three weeks ago, I was discussing the topic of state sovereignty. Yes. Based on a case. No, I'm that, talking to him. Based on a case that I was presented with on an individual who was injured. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You saw the video. Yes,
0: this was in the school, not here. Yeah, but it was uh, in the
1: school up on the other side of the state. You know, O'Fallon And the person was there. in the gymnasium. They were playing a game called matball. And in reality, had the game of matball been being played in the manner that it was supposed to have been being played, more than likely this injury would have never occurred. We jokingly, well, not jokingly, but we kind of delved off on a different topic. What Mm -hmm. if your child Mm -hmm. was doing something Mm sports-related with, you know, based on their, their competing for the school and they get injured? Okay. Well, this topic has branched out where I've had several people contact me about cases that they, too, are dealing with. And this seems to be that the go to on the school, no matter what, is we have sovereign immunity. Right. Imagine your daughter being a pitcher on a fast pitch softball team for Republic schools. So they're, let's say, they're in Neosho playing a game. Your daughter's arm gets tweaked to the point where she doesn't feel comfortable to pitch. But the coach says, well, no, you're going to continue pitching. At that point, she continues pitching to the point where she loses feeling in her hand or in her arm. And then they finally take her out, and they don't they don't request any trainers or anything to come and look at them. You take them to the hospital to figure out what's wrong. Come to find out that she may or may not have permanent nerve damage. Now... In my view of looking at that, had the coach removed the child or had the coach actually been paying attention to the pitches of that individual, they would have noticed that something was awry, that is their job, and probably taken them out of the game. But no, because they kept them in the game, you now have the probability of permanent nerve damage for the rest of their life. As a parent, what do you do?
0: Well, let's uh, throw – let's look at this, just to make it fun. Same situation, but the coach decides, I'm going to take you out because of this. And there are scouts in the stands. And these scouts are there to look – to watch your daughter, and then then it's – the end of the season coach won't put you back in because of it and the parents believe that the reason the daughter did not get scouted or didn't get the scholarship was because she didn't have a chance to perform i would honestly believe that sovereign immunity comes to play in that instance
1: Mm -hmm. because there's been no permanent or maybe permanent damage to the child, while she was under the parameters or the purview
0: of the school and the but coach. You could see, I'm not saying they should, but what I could see in a situation, and who knows, it's probably happened where a parent sued a coach or a school district because their child did not, they lost out on scholarships because the coach made the decision not to play them. See, I, I think it's probably happened somewhere.
1: Sadly, we've gotten to a point oh, yeah. where you never can tell where a parent is going to sit because everybody yeah, thinks little Johnny is going to be the next Bart
0: Star, right? Or the next boy, Joe you Montana? Went, went, you're going <laughs> far back, Bart
1: Star. <laughs> Everyone's going to who the heck is Bart Star? I mean, Starr at least didn't... Joe Montana is a little more
0: recent. <laughs> Bart Star. Well, I could have said John uh, Elway, but yeah. that
1: would be being a Homer. So, oh boy. Although I did find it funny. Somebody sent me a, a, a picture of a KC Chiefs jet landing in Denver, and their comment oh, was no. that this was the only
0: touchdown they scored. <laughs> that was a bad game. That was really it. bad. That was bad.
1: But the 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 essence of sovereign immunity, and I'm, uh-huh. and I'm looking at a case right now where a, a person who was a Texas state trooper was called up to go to service And he was deployed in Iraq. Now, there are state laws pretty much in every 50 states that require you as an employer, whether you're governmental or not, to rehire this person when they come back. Right. And if you can't do the job that you originally did when you come back, you are to be given a position that is similar, as close as possible, and with the same pay. Well, this individual came back, basically he was injured in Iraq. He okay. comes back, he wants his job back. Mm-hmm. But because of lung damage that he had while he was serving over in Iraq, the Texas Department of Public Safety won't reemploy him. So he has sued. And what is their first draw? go back? Oh, well, we have sovereign mm-hmm. immunity. We don't have to hire you. If it's a private employer, you know darn well the state's attorney general would be suing the private employer, going, no, 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 you have to hire this person back. We have this state law. Well, according to what I'm reading, this state law actually it, it, it has governmental entities have to abide by it as well. So when you have a person who is basically being told that, A, the law doesn't matter— We have this function called state sovereign immunity, which in reality basically means that the state never does anything wrong because they say it goes back to common law. They also say it's codified in the Constitution, which in reality, it's not codified into the Constitution at all, period. No matter how many justices have looked at the Constitution and looked at the different amendments, you can't find for me where it is that a government can say— we have immunity you can't bring a lawsuit against us
0: well the
1: so you've got you've got parents literally just their child through the course of going to school mm. has been injured in a manner that it was at the school's discretion or not the school's the teachers' discretion and they have no recourse they're being told well sovereign immunity covers us So no matter what transpires, sovereign immunity comes into play.
0: Well, and and even if I, I, I believe this is a fair assessment, let's say that you look at a situation like that and you think, well, I do understand that, but I still don't think the school should be held responsible. Well, that is what our judicial system is to decide. So sovereign immunity essentially disallows the ability to even have that evaluation made. Correct. So you don't have to believe that the that the school in this instance is responsible to still support the ability of the family to seek recourse because you're simply saying by not supporting sovereign immunity, you're saying, well, this is where a judicial system steps in and makes the decision whether they were or were not responsible for it. Now I wonder yeah. if in reality
1: say so you home like educate you, you home educate your child. Oh. you do the same thing as the coach did. Sue yourself. Well, no, your child would then be able to sue you, but what happens if the hospital notifies the state? It says, Hey, this nerve damage comes because they didn't take their child out of the baseball. It probably game. happened.
0: <laughs> Tom Arts, thank you sir as always. Great right, pleasure. Man, Springfield's talk one oh four one. I'm Nick Reed. Christmas is coming up. What gift do you give to the person that you cannot think of any other gift to give them? Garage experts ask them that question. If you have a garage, or you have any any sort of maybe a work uh, a work facility, you've got a barn um, that you do some sort of work in a shop. There's the term I'm looking for. Or maybe it's a gift to yourself as a business owner. Uh, customized storage. The highest quality epoxy flooring with hundreds of different floor color options expert installers who this is what they do it's not one of many services they provide it is garage flooring and customized storage and find out, you know, what a great gift that would be to your loved one and to your home. The quality and value of your home is to have Garage Experts come. And this is a great time of year to book that appointment. Have Shelly come check it out and find out what you're looking for. She can tell you what they can do. And you don't have to do it all at once, by the way. Maybe flooring now and then customized storage down the road is for you to decide. Garage Experts, you can find them under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. News coming up in 60 seconds. From Scramblers, I'm Nick Reed.